Welcome. Good to geek out. <laughs> Geeking out with a bunch of geeks here. Was there five of us today? Jesus Christ, we're multiplying like like rabbits. Like like uh, fucking gremlins. <laughs> there's no water here. We stay dirty. We're dirty boys. Uh, we're going to be covering Invincible episode three today. Who you calling ugly? Ed, San Antonio. Editor? I don't know. What's up, fellas? Yeah, it was good. Big Greg, West Hills, a.k.a. Bruticus. Hey, what's up? This is Reverse Ramble, Washington. Yo, what's up? This is Jay from L.A., California. I like that Reverse Ramble doesn't give his real name. Like, we don't, like, he doesn't want people to, like, reverse search him on Google. <laughs> you can't read him and search, you can't reverse image search this. I'm too, look at this fucking face. I'm a dime a dozen out here. <laughs> yeah, is that you are the uh, the the face that they use in Minority Report? <laughs> uh, what up? It's Boba Fresh, Rob, coming from San Francisco. <laughs> I was going to call him the Ghost Face Killer of the crew. <laughs> Can't see his face. Um, all right, so uh, Invincible. We covered the first two. We're here for the third one. Um, kind of catching up. Uh, this is the true aftermath of the end of episode one, which is the guardians of the globe uh, being massacred. And we start off at the funeral with the murderer giving the eulogy. How beautiful. What'd you guys think about that uh, open? I mean, that's, that's cold, but I feel like that's Omni-Man. I, mean, I feel you know, it was cliche. That was Viltrumite to the core right there. <laughs> so Viltrumite. So, so Viltrumite or so uh, Kryptonite? <laughs> so uh, I, I did notice like during the funeral, if you look in the background, some characters are obviously meant to look like characters. Did anyone else see One Punch Man about to sit down? I saw him about to sit down. That's not a comic book character. That was interesting. Yeah, no, my son, my sons called him out too. Like they're watching. They're like, hey, that's One Punch Man. I was like, I, I totally missed him. But yeah, yeah, I saw him. The Omni Man talking about <laughs> Um, the Guardians, how they're like his mentors and they welcomed him to the planet and he's totally just dishing it up and like hamming it up for everyone and like everyone's crying and it's like, dude, he is really, really, uh, he's Omni-Man in terms of compartmentalizing things. I mean, men compartmentalize pretty well. His superpower might be super compartmentalizing as we see later on in certain episodes, but this is the first time where you can uh, you kind of see it with his wife earlier on in episode one and two. This is the first time where you could tell he's two separate people almost sometimes. But the other dope thing that I found in it is that it hits on that. How many times have we seen the superhero funeral? Like how many times have we seen, basically it's the reverse of uh, Mary Jane Spider-Man wedding. You know, like it's, it's still a who's who, it's still, you know, a spread of the Marvel's universe or whatever, whatever uh, splash page you want to come pull from. Um, but they do a great job just like making you be like, what would it like? What would it be like to be there? Like what? Who gets invited? <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, logistically, I mean, like how do the invites go out? You know, I, yeah, who has the database of superhero emails? Secret identities. But it's usually yeah, like oh, a yeah. ton of ton of superheroes, right? attending the funeral 
of this one superhero, right? This one was crazy because there's a ton of superheroes dead <laughs> with yeah. a select few being invited, right? So it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's crazy. I think it's also interesting that they brought to light that they have to have a second funeral that's secret where they actually bury the bodies because of souvenir hunters that are going to oh, yeah. dig them up and just, you know, sell them on online, I assume, and make money off their trinkets. That I thought dollars. was smart. I thought that was smart right there. Awesome. It's, I it's that. real. Well, it's very similar to what is done in Germany. Like, no one knows where Hitler's remains are actually buried or where the bunker is where he uh, assassinated himself because they don't want that that supremacy worship happening and, and this form of martyrdom and basically giving them a shrine. And so not to compare the guardians to Hitler, but I'm comparing them in the sense of the impact, the icon, the icon, the iconic impact that they have on a society and on the imaginations of a society. And then also Olga is like the beginning of um, what's her name? Debbie's uh, suspicions. And then, you know, this continues as you go further along, but this is the first time where she's starting to question things and what's going on. Um, yeah. The part where, uh, the part where she asked about the person, like, has do superheroes lie? And I'm like, of course they do. Of course they do. They have to. So of course. But then know? also like what Rob talks about the way we idolize, like, famous people and athletes and stuff like that. If superheroes were real in, in real life, like in our reality, we would worship them the same way and we wouldn't think they lied either. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a very real question, but it's something in a comic book you don't read too often. False idols. Yeah. Can I say something about this, 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 this comparison? You know what I realized? I realized by watching this series and watching the boys, it's like, you know, I don't know if the writer, it's like they have a funny way of showing, like how, I mean, is that how we would see Superman? Like how Omni-Man is and how Homelander is? Is that how we would see Superman? It's, it's like they're all, it's like they're trying to tell us something here. Uh, so we're still on the first scene. Let's move past the yeah. first scene. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, so there's so I, I, okay, I, blame? Guess, I guess this is a good point where um, I can ask anybody who has something to say about Dark Blood. Right now is a great point because that he's on the scene, he's investigating. He's he's, I mean, he's so much better than Hellboy, but he's supposed to be Hellboy, right? No, hey, hey, can I say no? It? He's supposed to be Damian Dark Blood. Constantine, Constantine, Constantine. Yep, that's what I got. Yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, I don't think that there's any, there's supposed to be a direct correlation. Yeah. Right, right, right. Making us feel these things from all over. But I think what's the most important part about him is that he represents within the history of comics, because this is obviously entirely a reference to the history of comics, is that he's the pulp comics. Like he's the detective comics. He's the, like the actual transition from mini novels to Dick Tracy to where we are now. And, uh, they end up doing a great job pulling all of these like old school like concepts and just kind of cobbling together the, the weird different parts of the world. Like there's a hell in this world. Like, like you know, like there's a very real, very real hell in this world. Like what does that make you do about God? Like, you know, think about how that changes the universe. Heaven and hell go from being a, 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 a philosophical conjecture 
a theological premise to real places where demons get pushed back to and or come from. So, uh, you know, like, are there angels? And if they're angels, is the angel seen as Omni-Man? Are they looking at Omni-Man to be the savior because they know demons walk in their world? Hmm. Interesting question. Dope. And then we get to Robot and the tryouts. <laughs> Monster Girl, who's going to bring her up for us? Oh my god! I thought I thought that character was hey. was really well done. I thought like you know I think the the that there's a detriment that there's a price she pays for her fucking powers and that she's she says it. It's hard to keep relationships. I'm 26, you know. It's it's I, you know I thought that was just a really interesting dynamic to that character. It makes me like you know like the other ones. It makes you a little bit more interested in them. Like like I was more interested in Red Rush before they turned them into Red Mist. And then you know, like the monster girl, like I, I like right. the whole, you know, there's there there's a price to pay for her powers, and she has to be, uh, um, uh, she has to be. How do I say it? Um, fuck, I don't know the word, but she has to be thoughtful about it. You can't just be like in any situation, like fuck it, I'm gonna turn to monster girl. Yeah, she. You know, she kind of yeah. does in the following episode, but still, like, just... I, I mean, yeah, I, will, well, I will also say we've seen this before with with people whose powers are slowly killing them, and this is way more like. Sad, yep. you know I mean? because she's like not dying. She's actually getting more full of life, like she's getting younger. But life itself is more distant from her the younger she gets. So it's like really, yeah. really uh, sad. Yep. The dope yeah, thing exactly. though. to be controversial for one minute, just just one minute. I'm gonna ask a question here. You can't say no. Yeah, the, an- the yeah. answer is fucking no, dude. No. Yeah, he no. already knew She's still twelve. No, no. Still twelve. She's still twelve. She can be twenty-six. No. All she wants to okay, but what? Okay, 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 what is she announcing? She announced Gates over here. No. All right. Well, I think that Rex also shows interest, so we also have another reason to not Hate? like Rex. Um, it, it, it very subtly shows the deplorability of his actual character because he is trying to justify uh in his mind what i like about um monster girl is that in my mind she ends up being a blend of the hulk and shazam like when you think about it billy batson's a kid billy batson's a child but he turns into this big big ass person he turns into like every person who presents as as an adult a super adult um can he have relationships? You know, like- yep. Yeah, I'd love to look like, like, yeah, exactly. Read a comic book or a spinoff of Monster Girl, just to see what they could do with their character. Because it, like, yeah, it's to be such a fucking grand and like, you know, selfless hero. She has to go through this pretty big tragedy, right? Like, she'll never live a full life. She's literally giving up her life to save others, like very um, literally. You know, like. Except for so it's like that's it's very it's it's she very fascinating that character that 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 dynamic of her like it's just fascinating I want to see more of it. Before we Broad move spike. on to the girl, I kind of want to still go into the tryouts. Um, very speaking of homages, Strutter, very Legion of Superheroes tryout, like the whole damn scene, like all them fighting and everything. And uh, remember that Rex Blood got his ass kicked by Monster Girl before. Before he was turned on by her, he charged up his own teeth that fell out of his mouth and threw them at her. Like, which brings me, which brings what, me to my what, conclusion what, here. Which you said that robot was deplorable. Rex Bo is deplorable in that own right. 
Secondly, I will say this, Strada, I think you should replace, as far as the homages, not so much as Shazam, but she gives me that Prime vibe. If you're familiar with Prime from uh, Malibu comic books, uh, Kevin Green. Yeah. Or, I feel you on that. That's yeah, no, good, good call. Humble. Just, when you Rex know, and like charges up his teeth and throws him, and I'm like, that's why I don't like you. You're Gambit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Another asshole. <laughs> even still, like the explosions are kind of wild. Which makes you wonder, like, Which is how why he's, shitty, he's, how he's shitty are these his fucking powers? Kind of trash. It's not that. I, I, I don't know. I, I've always thought the power to turn any inanimate object, like, into a fucking explosion. It's be a bigger cool. explosion. His explosion. No, there's that. There's that. It should be a bigger explosion. So, uh, speaking about monster girl and relationship issues, uh, from here we go to Amber coming over for the first time to hang out with Mark after she gets slightly jealous about Tommy. I don't like her. I, I, I don't. It's something about her that just rose me the wrong way. I haven't figured out what it is yet. Did but. you know that her voice is Zassy Beats? I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes it I is. I didn't know that until the yeah. fifth episode. I knew that because I, I knew that taught me. I huh? wanted yeah. to figure it out like Strader said. I want to figure out voices myself, and I just hit pause so I can go to the restroom. I'm like, fuck. I didn't want to know who it was yet. Like, I, I know, gonna... I know her voice. I not even, not even just from being me. Domino and, and Dev Deadpool too, but um, like Atlanta. Just you know, have you ever watched the yep. show Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I would also like to bring to attention this scene. No one has brought. You're talking about relationship potential, and no one's brought up Seance Dog. The Doctor Strange, mystic master of the mystic arts, and you see the comic book, and she comes in his room, and which they had to throw the dirty tissues out of the room. (laughs) Like you went off to high school, that's high school right there. But uh, you know he's a comic book guy, man, and he's like unapologetically a comic book guy, and even recommends things for her to read. And then, I mean, that's why I think the importance of the scene is: is you get the the Clark disappearing to be superman and coming back which we've seen a hundred times but we've never seen someone's father say oh you're doing that congrats you're on your way you know that was funny yeah no that's what i was gonna say that's what i was gonna say earlier is that like i do love that they're already starting to touch on the whole peter parker balancing act thing you know like we see it later on too that it gets kind of like more out of control, but yeah, I love Those that. Players. Like I, that, that was one of the things that made like Peter so relatable as a character. Like he was always broke, you know, he was always juggling his time and dealing with shit he wanted to do and what he had to do, right? And I love that they're kind of bringing that into this character as well. Dude could pay his rent on time, all right? That I was, damn, I, that was like, how you gonna be Spider Man? That's me, dog. I was, I'm Spider Man. I can't pay. <laughs> I can't hey, pay I had a couple problems with that too. Well, you, you got to pay the late fee. I can relate to that as well. So <laughs> we all can relate to that. We I all see Spider-Man at Nick's check cashing, homie, over on Crenshaw, dude. <laughs> PLS. PLS. Hey, Greg, let me ask you this. Hey, so that was a father-son thing up in there. How did that make you feel where, where you know, he was telling his son, like, he basically gave, hey, his, son the, the girl? He basically gave his son a bros before a whole speech. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and and that's, but that's the way he is. He's, you know, he's always been about. He's about this job. He's about this business. You know, the mom, the mom Debbie. She's, you know, she was like, "Hey, are you pushing him too hard?" And he was like, "No." You know what I'm saying? It's like, 
Trying to get him ready for that busy. conquest. I think uh, it's also pretty cool how we see Cecil is just wherever he wants to be, whenever he wants to be. And he's I don't know, it's like a Nick Fury amalgamation with a bunch of other like government types, except instead of like projecting uh, some kind of hologram image or something, he's literally there. And he just knows like he's like she hasn't even flushed yet. You know what I mean? Like he knows he's that omniscient about what's going on in that house more than him. And he lives there. You know what I mean? Like just to show the awareness of Cecil and how embedded he is in everything that's going on. And, you know, you kind of see that as things go along, how he might say, yeah, 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 that's cool. But he's always kind of uh, supposing something's going on behind the scenes. Oh, my gosh. I know you guys know who this is. And I can't think of his name. Uh, Dark size homeboy who is like his uh, his his uh, master of torture. Desad. Uh, Desad. So Cecil. Kind I didn't of, know I was muted. Yeah, Desad. Desad. Cecil. 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 I know who Cecil, Cecil is. Cecil. Cecil. I know who Cecil is. He uh, he kind of he kind of reminds me of that a little bit, right? Like I, I I don't know. I feel like his suit should have like a hoodie on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you remember? I, I get that. I get that vibe from. Do you remember in Cecil Z- got that whole Frontier, they really make a, they put King Faraday from DC up front. And he gives me a King oh, Faraday yeah. vibe of yeah. being yeah. connected and pulling the strings, but like never being up front. Um, Agreed. You know, the opposite of Max, Max Lord, right? Like Cecil has this whole Nick Fury, Amanda Waller thing. I mean, we know Nick Fury is not as extreme as Amanda Waller is, but Cecil was like, I'm watching you, but at the same time, I'm going to make moves, too, if I have to, to protect this the, the homeland security of this country. So he's got like a mixture of it. He's a little Nick there and a little Amanda there. So I, I'll, I'll say that. So, uh, you know, after this and he flies off to Mount Rushmore, we are introduced to my person, personal favorite <laughs> character, Doc Seismic. I had two <laughs> friends text me and say... Hey, is this you? <laughs> like, I don't. I guess the bald head. I don't. I'm old as fuck too. I guess. But wait, why do you like Doc Seismic? Eh? I love Doc Seismic. The the fact that he uses his powers and gets a concussion every time he uses them, <laughs> and still uses them so haphazardly. <laughs> He's so fucking stupid, dude. I for, love the, for the I love for the audience out there, so if you don't know, I love a goofy character like that. His costume Ed is passed out everything. <laughs> in the most <laughs> the most places I think of anybody. He's got like a Guinness World Record. Don't take that shot. Oh, that is true. Out. I mean, yeah. Uh, and then you know the whole banter thing back and forth was pretty funny too. I just like that. That scene is very for something that's very. Um, character driven drama driven a lot of like you know uh subtleties with characters and a lot of background and stuff you're learning about this world all of a sudden you just get a break real quick like nothing that happens in that scene means anything it's just fun fun as fuck in the middle of like all this drama and it was i don't know i i've watched that scene multiple times more than i've watched the episodes and it's just it's just fun what's what's uh it, i think that's a great word it is it ends up being fun as opposed to the rest of the series and again like this is homages in the way kind of the mandalorian had homages to different movie types this is homages to different comic types and like this is very teen titans like <laughs> um you know like he's a he's a you know he's a silly villain who's like having fun and like it, it switches from a you know this drama to panels like it goes to a comic book 
like Lincoln's whole head falls off, you know, like none of the, you know, what's the geological makeup of the mountain? Like his face would obviously collapse underneath the pressure of the gravity from the, uh, you know, like none of that is there. Like it's all just silly, big, over the top, four color comics. And Doc Seismic, you just want him to not win, but you want him to get as far as he can. It's so dope. He's a great you want, you want to hear what you know what got me, Ed. Be. You know what got me about that character. Here's the thing about it. I don't, um, he was talking with Eve, and he was telling her like, "Hey, you know what? That costume you wear, that's so, uh, you know, not, you know, that's that's so like kind of gender neutral or something like that." And she was like, "What would you know about that?" Hey, well, you know what? I did major in women's studies and stuff. Oh, like, right. Wow, <laughs> that got me right there. I'm like, really? You, you, you that philosophical, brother? Okay, yeah, man. Fucking Doc Seismic is woke as fuck too, bro. Hey, man, he could have been a professor. He's he had a lot of that had me rolling uh, right there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because yeah, and I remember when, when, when they said that. Making, Cecil ends up making the comment where he's like, well, you know, he's an actual doctor. And so, you know, on the path of getting your doctorate, you know, like he's like, yeah, so I minored in women's studies. I minored in philosophy. I minored in like, you know, like he, yeah, he ends up rattling off all of these very depth character things, which again is so funny because we're in a very two-dimensional comic panel scene right now. That is, I also think I highlighted with, um, with, with, with Invincible using the one-liner. So again, we're just like super in comic book world where he's like, you know, maybe there's just not a good one-liner. <laughs> like, you know, like maybe that's just, just <laughs> really the way it is. Um, so, you know, it's meta while being, you know, dope. Um, yeah, I mean, and then I guess the, besides just being like a nice break, it also serves to kind of show the, growth between Adam Eve and she's starting to obviously kind of fall for Mark Invincible. And then uh, the next scene is Rexplode going out of character. Well, not really, because that was the worst apology I've ever seen in my life. But he was trying to, like, make amends. And obviously, she's done with him. And, uh, you know, then she flies back. And uh, it's not that's, when I realized, that's when I realized the other reason why I don't like Rexplode, because he's Jubilee. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> boom boom. I wasn't gonna say it when I was talking about his powers being weak. I was, I was gonna call it like I was gonna call it Sparkle Fingers, but I, I was like, you know what? I'm just I've already said what I had to say. He's that was a good one. That was a good one. I also know we haven't talked about the music on this much. Uh that breakout scene with the twins run the jewels. I think Daylaw was on an earlier episode. I don't know if we talked about it. Uh, but it, it has lies on there, like, like the Mahler twins. It's, dope. Dope. It, it's dope because the one Mahler twin, he's like, "Hey, sorry, Peter." <laughs> the guy's yeah. head is like, he's not he's just like flipping the <laughs> hand around, all broken. Um, and and just their dynamic of going back and forth is like, well, you gotta say it though. You gotta say it. <laughs> you know, like that's just that very brother, like, come on, here's a noise, uncle, uncle. Um, so they really just get that feeling apart. But when they get outside, and you know, like, you know, like, the way they talk is a it appears we have a benefactor, you know, like uh it's all dope, but uh he's like I you know, like I figured you'd figure it out, you know, being that you're the, you know, that you're the original, and he just grabs him and just uses him as a meat shield. And you're just like, oh, 
like <laughs> this they get you back to the rawness so opposed you know, at the to wedding. the Mount Rushmore scene they get you to like he's still br- like breathing and his organs are still like pumping as he's just eviscerated and just just split open at, after being torn apart by the by the plasma gun it's like oh man like they go so far so fast there's nothing else after that right is the post credit scene mm-hmm. no i think um, so like the it, last scene is cecil and robot it's yeah. cecil and robot and then you get uh debbie and uh dark blood talking and then it's just kind of like alluding to what the next episode might be about and suspicions arise and that's where we end it uh, this is Boba Fresh from San Francisco. Hope you enjoyed us rambling on about this. I'm really enjoying Invincible and enjoying talking about it with these guys. Editor San Antonio signing out. Listen to us and maybe you'll learn something and want to watch it again. Peace. This is Reverse Ramble. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of The Bachelor Invincible Edition. <laughs> this is Jay from LA, California. And, and yeah, I'm all for that bachelor conversation. I'm good, but yeah, we signing out. Peace. Gregus, aka Bruticus from West Hills, California. Rexplode is dope. Uh, Omni Man is dope. <laughs> Omni Man is dope. FT Dub to anybody <laughs> who don't who don't who can't get with it. That's just the way it is. <laughs>